Matthew coming in hot with the Tractor Beam Comics Review on the Ion Cannon Podcast, part of the Star Wars Underworld Podcast Network. We've got three books this week, three a more reasonable number than zero or five, so thank you to both Dark Horse and Marvel. First up, we've got Dark Horse's High Republic Adventures number two, with Daniel Jose Older, art and cover by Tony Bruno. Her secret safe for now, Jedi Padawan Sav Malagan begins to adjust to her life undercover on a ship full of pirates. After coming face-to-face with the explosive consequences of her actions, Sav begins to wonder where her loyalties lie, with the Jedi Order or her new friends. And when uh, we knew that Maz Kanata would inevitably point out, yes, Sav, your Padawan Sav Malagan, is this your master? What's his name? Uh, The thought I had was, oh, she's going to be in trouble. She's going to be in in big trouble. Then the second thought I had, right immediately after it, was... No, probably not, because, you know, Jedi at this time really let their Padawans do their thing. It wasn't, or or at least granted them a lot more flexibility. We saw that in Phase 1 with with a lot of the Padawans. Phase 2 especially also. It's when you become a knight that you really have to buckle down and follow, oddly enough, follow follow the code, follow the rules, follow the order, because you're also then free to actually decide for yourself more so uh not sure what it is but yeah exciting adventure that, that sav gets at again we we know where she ends up she ends up as this wizened old master in phase one in here in phase two yeah she is really exploring this uh kind of adventurous undercover identity persona that she really feels connected to and authentic with and and so Hopefully, I guess I gather the the point of this comic. We'll see her really, uh, really embrace that and integrate that into uh, her identity as a Jedi. We see that in phase two. We see it in phase one, rather. We've seen that uh, with a, eh, not so much with Comic Vitus because um, you know he leaves, but uh, with with the other with other other Jedi who have gone on these other adventures. And, you know, the, again, I keep on coming back to. The non-binary Padawan who goes off with this uh, circus performer and uh, falls in love with falls in love and comes back and and you know meets Lula Talasola and comes back and um, becomes a knight there. So the there you know it's never all or nothing and that's what's nice about High Republic Adventures and High Republic is it's showing at this time Jedi being able to. Uh, with the paths of those who are, uh, you know, under their tutelage, being more flexible, being more open to where the Force might lead. Speaking of paths, speaking of flexibility or the lack thereof, we also have Marvel High Republic number 4 by Kevin Scott, Andrea Bacardo, cover by Ario and Anandito. Violence comes to Jeddah. The Temple of the Wills has been attacked. Vildar Mac critically injured in the blast. Is Taysirak to blame? The Herald of the Open Hand has arrived to address the convocation. But what is the nameless terror that lurks in the streets of the Holy City? The Battle of Jeddah begins here. This was a fantastic comic. This was really incredible to to read right on the heels of listening to the Battle of Jeddah audiobook. I thought I would have had to have finished that. As I said last week, I, I finished it over the weekend. Battle of Jeddah audio drama. Uh, this really recontextualizes, not recontextualizes, contextualizes, adds more context, adds more depth. That needing, I kept thinking, 
or do we actually hear that meeting uh, in the audio drama? We don't, but we do hear afterwards uh, the Herald standing up and basically uh, inciting this riot that becomes this Battle of Jeddah. That scene of the Herald going to be before the convocation really gives a picture of just how, frankly, how evil, how frustrating, and how problematic uh, the Path of the Open Hand are. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, I think, talking about the George Mann audio drama. This really also comes to mind, uh, the, the scene in the Battle of Jeddah near the end, where, where the mother is speaking with Solander Show, I believe, or, or is it Ada Forte, one of the two, and uh, the views of the Path, and... It feels it feels frustrating. It's starting to get frustrating to me in a good way. I mean, it's well well written. Uh, it's weird because we've been given so much of their perspective. Uh, you know, in Path of Deceit, we get Marta Rose's perspective, but it, this comic especially focused on the Herald going into the convocation and basically saying not basically and saying, "I'm right. You're all wrong. You have to stop," and and not really dialoguing not really offering any sort of reasonable way to move forward it's just simply the certainty of i'm right my convictions are right it is fundamentalist it is uh dogmatic and authoritarian if you want to go that far the closest parallel we have frankly is i you know the the anti-vaxxers and uh january 6th insurrectionists right where they they propose these preposterous solutions and ideas not at all willing to coexist in society just saying we have their convictions and we're right because there are convictions and this tautology this circle and it really does i mean it 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 offers a uh you know yeah it offers these really comforting easy way of addressing tragedy and and trauma but one that Let's let's people blame everyone else, and so you know, here's we see what happens. We see firsthand in this comic book, they come in, they offer, they propose something completely unreasonable, completely preposterous. You know, the Herald says, "Stop, all of you, stop using the Force just to test out our thing," and, and the Convocation says, "That's not what we do. That's not how we're set up. We're set up to allow people to have their differences, to say." just by to in the name of being tolerant to to give in to what you're saying is by definition not being tolerant and so uh we can't let you do that immediately we know what happens and we see it both in this comic and in the battle of jedi as just as i just mentioned how uh he goes out and he turns on a switch and he blames the jedi and he incites this riot incites this battle that ends up killing who knows how many people, thousands of people, harming thousands of people uh, in this holy city that's meant to be a city of peace, a city, a, a place where, where different beliefs come together. And yeah, it, it, you know, it's, we see it on his face. He doesn't necessarily say it outright. Maybe he does a little bit. But that's the most frustrating part is, is he uses that rejection. And we know the mother also using that rejection from uh, the, the Republic Tribunal or whatnot to for them to be the mediator she uses that she intentionally uses it the herald maybe also as look they're persecuting us help help i'm being repressed <laughs> and you know with apologies to dennis the peasant here i mean with the mother it's especially a just a ploy to to mobilize her own people 
I think with the Herald, he, he genuinely gets that claim of persecution. And my goodness, that com- brings comes close to home. Uh, uh, people who, again, this preposterous idea, radical intolerance, and then they're being they're claiming intolerance and repression because they're not allowed to be radically intolerant. It, it's really well written, really wonderful, and in the what Kevin Scott has done, what George Mann has done, what Justina Ireland and Tessa Grattan have done in this, um, you know, yeah, I'm really intrigued and enjoying it. it. It's, it's getting to me. Anything in the, in the way it's supposed to, it's showing just how, uh, how the, how the Nile and their roots are, are more layered and complicated and interesting. Um, but, but, you know, we're not actually supposed to be sympathetic to the path of the open hand. And that's the thing to me is that there's a litmus test here. Like I, I said a few weeks ago about how much you want certainty in life, how much you buy this argument of these, these institutions coded as traditional religions. Um, I do think there's a bit of a litmus test here of, are you willing to be, uh, be intolerant, unaccepting, because someone says we're being repressed for being unaccepting or because it's new and different. And that's, uh, that's the thing that's hitting close to home, especially is, uh, the alt-right, uh, Trump anti-vaxxers, January 6th insurrectionists. It's actually this new populist belief that is coming in and challenging the status quo. What if some things about the status quo were all right? Uh, or, or need to change, but but that's the extreme. And that's actually this retrenchment, not just in the status quo, but the status quo ante of a number of decades ago. So, uh, again, I love how the authors of the High Republic are exploring this. It's really, it was a, a really wonderful recontextualization contextualization of uh, the George Mann audio drama. Uh, I'm really, really pleased to see this, this story go forward. And, again, to see... These stories, I think even the Willow finale, I'm not going to give any spoilers, it also raised this question of, uh, is it really acceptance and seeking peace if you accept a, a group that is, or and give give all this strong voice to a group that, and give in to a group that, that is actually, claims repression, claims oppression, when really they just need to be, learn to be one among many. Right, it would have been fine if the path were just there doing their thing. It's just that they come and say, "We're right, you're wrong, stop," and that's just not acceptable. So, uh, you know, dialogue, uh, you know, coexistence, all these good values. Uh, that seems to be hopefully what the Jedi. I mean, the Jedi have, are, are able to do that on, on Jedi here. That's that's a very clear. There, you know, that's what this this comic is exploring too. You know, Vildar, learning, going through that process of saying, "Oh yeah, I can." We're the Jedi are just one among many. We're learning how to do this. Maddie definitely gets it. Uh, her master, who's the uh, who who's on the yeah on the convocation, he clearly gets it. And yeah, it's a good model going forward. I hope we do we see more of that. I do want to see more of that aspirational story, but the path of the open hand is being is very uh, compelling villains who 
actually kind of like you know at last jedi levels of of asking us of requiring us to ask ourselves uh what are we willing to accept and not and what do we really believe acceptance and harmony is just similar to the way uh last jedi asked what do we believe a hero is what do we believe found family is about things like that so uh great work looking forward to that's always looking forward to it continuing to be my favorite thing in star wars but thing, speaking of favorite things in Star Wars, we have, of course, the uh, the, her- the heritage and legacy of Anakin Skywalker in Darth Vader number 30, written by Greg Pak with art by Luke Ross, covered by Raza, and I got the variant, of course, by Phil Noto. I didn't even need to look to see if it was Noto. I could tell. It was uh, his, his very incredibly distinctive style. All her shadows during the terrible battle at Padme's tomb on Naboo. The Queen's most devoted handmaidens were no match for the fury of Darth Vader. So as they're about to face the Dark Lord once again, the handmaidens have prepared. But so has Vader. Who will triumph in the rematch? And what dark price will that victory exact? This comic ended on a weird note. Uh, So the handmaidens, again, spoiling everything here. Handmaidens, uh, they just up and join Vader. Because I think that's the only way to get to Sabe. I did like the way that, that Sabe doesn't end up, uh, turns out she doesn't, hasn't assassinated uh, the, the, the uh, techno-union guy um, over on, on Skeko Miner, or, or not on Skeko Miner, she's tracked him down. But I, I like how she's more complicating, complicating the story there. Clearly she's not actually evil. She avoids uh voids his heart because she knows where his heart is and uh yeah i i really skook owens you know the species um i this is the the interesting the turn i wonder if this is the the turn towards seeing what sabe is really about she saves lives she prevents uh takes actions that end up preventing vader from uh just wreaking havoc on on these innocent people but also doesn't end up killing uh this character the this kakoan character rebel um which is an interesting concept in itself um blanking on his name obviously as i do uh but at the end of this ends on this weird note of the handmaidens joining vader and it makes me wonder how long are they going to drag this out are they kind of dragging this out of handmaidens kind of getting in with vader you know sabe at first does this and, and to try and get to vader or not or support crimson dawn we don't know we know the other hand is trying to get to sabe to bring her back but ultimately what does she they what do they end up hoping to do clearly they can't actually assassinate the guy he's too strong do they even want to do they care to but yeah they're they're starting to uh compromise their perspective as well and so yeah i i do wonder if this is just a matter of we need to get to return of the jedi somehow i just i think there's got to be more to this right with everything with sabe was all about reminding vader of padme uh not all about but primarily about and that's really what was going on of course sabe her own intriguing character development building up what she's on about in this time period, building on E.K. Johnston's work, E.K. Johnston's novels, about primarily about Sabe, really, also about Padme, but primarily about Sabe. Um, the depth of this intriguing character who is shrewd, 
who is strong. I mean, what this does open up, seeing all these other handmaidens, is the opportunity to keep on building on, again, E.K. Johnson's novels, uh, fleshing out all these other different characters and their strengths and uh, strengths and, and opportunities and, and the way they may be soft and strong in different ways. Um, but they are also now under Vader's thumb. And that might bring things out, or, again, it might they might just go on more missions and more action and... Not much gets explored. And so, yeah, Greg Pocky's done a great job as already as it is. Hopefully this doesn't get drawn out too long. I mean, hopefully this whole run, I mean, the, the Star Wars ongoing had this funny, has this funny detour with uh, uh, Emily and Holdo and finding fuel in the Nile. Uh, hopefully, yeah, I mean, I'm part of it. It make, makes room for everything wrong with Kira and with uh, the Archivist and with Colfon Ferris and with Afra. That seems to be the focus for the comics. Hopefully everything comes to full circle soon. Uh, probably timing with the end of Hidden Empire. Interestingly enough, none of these comics are under the Hidden Empire banner. It isn't a crossover in the same way. Or if it is, we just assume it is. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Continue to see what happens. These are all stories in progress. I'm enjoying them. I'm just... What, where is this going? Especially with the, with the legacy characters, the main characters. Where is this going? What are we up to? We know uh, Sana Staros is getting her own comic uh, by uh, Justina Ireland coming up. So hopefully that uh, that adds an extra oomph because that is of course she is of course the connection between Afra, which is I think the main kind of the main story. Afra, the the Spark Eternal, and the Rebel Alliance, and Luke and Leia, and so. That might be, uh, and of course Han in, in his own way, um, that's in the past. So things are moving, things are moving ahead, but for now that is what the tractor being dragged in this week. Let me know what you thought of Padawan Sav Malagon's adventures, or the Herald and the contextualization of the Battle of Jeddah, or that stunning, bizarre, weird decision of Padme's handmaidens to join in with Darth Vader. Let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Pod. Next week, we've got Bounty Hunters number 30 by Ethan Sachs, art by Paolo Villanelli, covered by the great Giuseppe Cavancoli, Han Solo and Chewbacca number 9, Mark Guggenheim, art by David Messina, and the direct edition covered by Phil Noto. Pop by your local comic book shop for physical copies of the books I reviewed today, or if digital is more your speed, then click on the links in the description below. As always, please like and subscribe to the Star Wars Underworld YouTube page. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram at Iron Cannon Pod. Keep it locked on the full Iron Cannon Podcast live on that Star Wars Underworld YouTube channel, on Iron Cannon's Twitter and Twitch, on the Underworld Facebook page, on Underworld Twitter as well. We're all over the place here uh, in a good way. Spreading it. So on our wild oats here, every this and every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Don't you worry. We will be talking about that Vader black, white, and red announcement and in an in-depth discussion on the Battle of Jeddah coming up this Monday night. But until then, happy reading.